Hey everyone, it's Adam and you're listening to the Embrace Podcast. God is doing so many incredible things at all of our physical locations in South Dakota, in Minnesota, and also online. Learn more about Embrace and how to get connected at IamEmbrace.com. I hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump in. Hey, Embrace. How's everybody doing today? Good. Good to be with you. My name is Travis. I'm one of the pastors here, and whether you're joining us here or at one of our campuses or online, we're excited that you have joined us. We've been in a series called 167, and if you're new to this series, let me give you a quick explanation of it. There is 168 hours in a week, and for those of us that follow Jesus, we typically spend one of those hours in church each Sunday. But the question we've been asking is, what do we do with the rest of the 167 hours? It's great that we spend one hour in church, but God wants more than one hour. He wants to see our faith extend to the rest of the 167. So I'll get into a little bit more of that in just a second. Uh, But I want to share first, my wife and I, we've been married 16 years, and we have been in the same house for 13 years in the great T, South Dakota. Can I give it up? I can hear them. I can hear him all the way over in T. Thank you for all of you that clapped here. No one in other services clapped, so that was nice of you. Uh, but uh, I bought the house like in 2009, which was during the housing crisis. And so we got this foreclosed house that was a complete dump. Uh, their landscaping was bad. The walls were all uh, banged up. There was no appliances in the house. But the worst part is there was cat pee all over the carpet. And then how we found all this cat pee is we took a black light and just like looked around. This works really well. Do not ever do this in your house or the motels you stay in. It is like so nasty. But we had all these, we had all these projects we needed to do. And so I started buying some tools. Now, I'm not a very manly good dude. I don't like to work on cars. I don't like to get dirty. I don't hunt. But I like buying tools. Like, I don't know what it is, but I see a lot of women like nudging their husbands. When you get that new tool in your hand and you can officially complete a project, it's like one of the most manly, greatest experiences uh, in the world. So one thing, though, I learned like doing all these projects is the right tool makes all the difference. Like you need the right tool for the right project. I was, I was tiling the backsplash in my kitchen once, and I decided to buy the $30 hand tile cutter. Terrible idea. Instead of this a beautiful DeWalt wet saw. Like, I chipped so many tiles. I still, to this day, I look at my backsplash, and I'm just like, what was I doing? Why did I use that thing? It was a complete disaster. The right tool makes all the difference. It does. The right tool makes such a difference. And that's because every tool has a purpose. Every tool is good at something. Like a hammer is good at pounding in nails. A wrench is good at turning bolts. A saw is good at cutting wood. Every tool is good at something. And the right tool, it makes all the difference in the world. So what I'm here to tell you today, my message this morning is this, you are a tool. Not that kind, but you are a tool. You are good at something. 
God has made you good at something, and he wants to use you in the one, six, seven. Some of you are saws, some of you are wrenches, some of you are hammers. But whatever you are, God wants to use you in the 167 hours of your week. And here's the deal. When you allow God to use what you are good at, it's crazy what happens. You start to have more joy in your life. You start to have more impact in your life. You, things around you start to get better. You start to get better. Your family start to get better when you allow God to use the thing that you are good at. So the real question we'll be exploring today is this. What are you good at? What kind of tool are you? How does God want to use you in the 167 hours of your week? Now, the verses that we're going through, they're a bit more polite than I was. Uh, they say that we have a spiritual gift. Uh, Paul, he writes in this Romans, he says that we have a spiritual gift. There's something good uh, that we're good at that God wants to use in our one, six, seven. And so if you have a Bible, you can take it out now. Um, we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 12. Uh, Adam shared this the last couple weeks, but Throughout this whole series, we're just sitting in one chapter in the Bible, Romans chapter 12. And for the first 11 chapters in Romans, it's all been about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. What Jesus did, how he died for us, and what that means for our life. But when you have hit chapter 12, something switches. And instead of it being about Jesus, it's about now that we know about Jesus, what do we do in the world? So let's pick this up, Romans chapter 12, verse 4 through 5. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each one of us. So Paul, the person who wrote Romans, he's saying, hey, we all follow the same person and we all are connected in the same body. But even though we follow the same person and we're connected in the same body, we do not all have the same gifts. Some of us are hammers. Some of us are saws. Some of us are wrenches. We don't have the same gifts. And God wants to use us uniquely in our 167. Often in church, we think that there's two spiritual gifts, preaching and singing. You know, either you either go on stage and you preach the word or either you sing worship songs. That couldn't be further from the truth. Spiritual gifts are for all who follow him, not just a select few. So if you've decided to follow Jesus, if you are following Jesus with your life, you have a spiritual gift. This is amazing if you think about it. If you really let this like set into your brain that God because you follow him, he's given you a special gift to use in the world. That's really crazy when you think about it. Now, my guess is many of you have never heard this before. You've never heard this idea. You've maybe been in church for a long time. You've never heard that God has given you a spiritual gift. And so that's what I want to do. For the rest of our time and the rest of the verses, Paul lists out seven different spiritual gifts gifts. And I'm going to go through each one of those. Don't worry, we're not going to spend a ton of time. We're not going to be here till 3 p.m. or something like that. Like, but I'm going to go through briefly through each one of those seven gifts. 
And my hope is that by the end of this time, you'll be able to identify maybe what gift that you have. Maybe one or two. Like, that really sounds like me. And the questions I want you to ask are this. Which one of these gifts sounds most like me? Which one of these gifts do I get most excited about? And so as I'm going, you can jot some notes down, take some pictures, whatever you want. But my hope is that you would zero into which one of these is your gift. So this is what Paul says. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So those are the seven gifts. They're right in there. We're going to start at the top with the first one, prophecy. It's also the weirdest one out of the bunch. If you're anything like me, I thought the gift of prophecy was like end times, so you could, you could predict by some code in, Je- uh, in Revelation when Jesus is going to come back. That's not what prophecy is. Prophecy is not predicting the future. It's more simply this. Prophecy is the ability to recognize and to speak the truth. So people who have this gift of prophecy, they're so good at cutting through all the junk in life and getting to the truth. They're usually really good at sensing like good and evil, right and wrong. They can see when someone's on the right path and they can help them get back on the correct, the wrong path, sorry, and they can help them get back on the right one. They don't want to help people get on the wrong path. But this gift of prophecy, this is so important, it takes humility. It really takes humility. We have a lot of jerks that say they're prophets. We don't need any more jerks that say that they are prophets. Also, prophecy, it is not an excuse to get your political views out there. Prophecy has nothing to do with whether you're a Democrat or Republican. Instead, prophecy is a lot of humility. And when people share the truth, when they speak the truth out, they do it in love. They want to build people up. They want to help people find the right way. They don't do this out of anger. But they have to speak it out. They have to say the truth. So that's what it means to be a prophet. That's the first gift. The next one is serving. And serving is just the ability to identify and complete tasks. The ability to identify and complete tasks. Now, this word, really cool, this word in the ancient times was used for waiting tables. That's a great picture of what it means to serve. What do you do when you wait a table? You have to set the table. You have to take the orders. You have to bring the food. Then you have to clean off the table. You have to make sure every need at the table is filled. You do all the little tasks so that the guest can eat. People that have this gift, they're great at doing the little tasks. They love to check boxes. They love to get crap done. An example of this, they might love to just make coffee on Sunday morning. Not just, that's the greatest gift in the world. They love to make coffee on Sunday morning. If they see a flat tire, they love to fix that flat tire. They They love to help their neighbor mow their lawn. Now, this is really important. The gift of serving isn't necessarily tied to people. You don't necessarily do this because you want to help someone. You just do it because you love to do tasks. And some of you are like, this is me. I never knew this was a spiritual gift. This is for sure a spiritual gift, and God wants to use it in amazing ways. Do you have this spiritual gift? If so, come talk to me. 
I have some house projects I love help with. So. Teaching, the third gift that Paul talks about is teaching. And teaching is the ability to explain things so that others can understand. Now, this gift can be used in a million different ways. You might be really good at distilling the employee handbook down for a new employee. You might be really good explaining exactly how to ride a bike to your child. Or else you might be hanging out with your friends and you just, you're really good at explaining how the Chick-fil-A drive-thru runs so efficiently. Like, you're great at teaching these things. Or maybe you read uh, the scripture and you read it and you're just like, wow, I know how to explain that to somebody else. That's the gift of teaching. Now, you don't have to be a teacher to have the gift of teaching. Like, it's amazing. If you're a teacher, thank you for everything you do. But there's so many people that have this gift of teaching that aren't necessarily teachers. So that's the gift of teaching. The next one, encouraging. Encouraging is the ability to strengthen others. The ability to strengthen others. This is so neat. This word actually means to strengthen the heart. These people are positive. They see the best in others. They're able to bring out the best when they're around. They can strengthen people. When someone fails, this person is able to get person back up to try again. When someone feels inadequate, this person is able to tell them about their worth. When someone is lost, this person is able to motivate them to get back on the right path. When someone doesn't see God moving in their life, this person is able to, can't you see everything that God is doing? People with the gift of encouragement, they have the right word at the right time for the right person. They can take a broken, sad, downturned heart and they can strengthen it. These people are the best. Speaking of the gift of encouragement, this past week, I took Adam up on his uh, challenge from last week to ask someone, what's it like to be on the other side of you? Um, And so I asked someone, and the person said, "Uh, the things that come out of your mouth should sometimes just stay in your head. Although helpful, it wasn't super encouraging. I don't know. So back to spiritual gifts. The next one is giving. Giving is the ability to share what you have to meet the needs of others. These people, they understand that all the resources they have, they're not theirs, they're God's. Everything that they have, they've been given is to God, is, they've been given is from God. And so they just long to use what they've been given to help others. This type of person, if someone has an electric bill that they can't pay, they're figuring out how to pay it. They find out that someone doesn't have a car, they're figuring out how to give them a ride. They find out someone that's going through cancer treatments or has a lot of medical debt. They're trying to put together a fundraiser to help them. They use all their resources that they have to give and to share with others. Next gift. Leading. Leading is the ability to move others towards a goal. Uh, This is really cool. This uh, leading, this word was used to captain a ship. So think about that. Like if you're a captain of a ship, what do you do? You tell all the crew what they need to do and what order they need to do it so that the ship can get to its destination. Isn't that a great picture of leadership? Leadership is getting people to do the right things in the right order so that you can meet a goal. Oftentimes people that have this leadership gift, they have a lot, a lot of vision They love to meet goals. They're often not satisfied with being on the ship. They need to get to the destination. 
And some of you are like, amen to that. I don't want to be on the ship. I just want to get to the goal, to the destination. So many leaders, like so many business people and entrepreneurs, they have this gift of leadership. What would it look like if we'd use this for God? Like to create community, to create businesses that would help our communities, to create businesses that would give glory to God above everything. But even more than that, what happens if all of us that had this gift in the church used it to lead groups, to lead ministries, to do amazing things in this world? What God could do through some of us that have this gift of leadership. The last gift is the gift of mercy. Mercy is the ability to sense hurt and respond with love. The ability to sense hurt and respond with love. Uh, these people, they have like this sixth sense. They can feel what other people are feeling. If you have this gift, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You'll go to a party, and everybody will be having a great time at a party, but all you'll be able to do is look at the one person in the corner that's not having a great time. You feel what others people feel. You hurt when, when others hurt. You have pain when others have pain. But not only do you feel it, you feel moved to help. The gift of mercy is not just feeling You feel moved to help others. So those are the seven gifts. Now, I don't want to get you off the hook here. In some ways, as Jesus followers, we're supposed to do all of these. I do not have the gift of mercy, which is a bummer as a pastor. I do not have the gift of mercy, but that does not mean I get off the hook from not being merciful. You know, some of you, you maybe don't have the gift of giving. That you don't get off the hook for not giving. Like, we still have to do all of these, but what Paul is just saying is you're probably really good at one of these. Maybe two of these that you're really good at. So what I want to do is I'm going to give us a minute, and we're going to put these seven gifts up on the screen. And I just want you to look through them, read them, and kind of decide which one, which one of these gifts do you think you have. And maybe write it down, jot it down on your phone. I'm just going to give you a minute to do that. Did you pick one? If so, I want to really challenge you to write that gift down um, or maybe type it in your phone or share it with someone. I'm really bad at this, but when I go to church, I get all these ideas in my head and then they just stay in my head. But when you speak them out loud or you write them down, they actually become real in the world. And I think God wants to use this so badly that I want you to write that down. I want you to say it so it becomes real in your life. And so that God begins to use it. But once again, speaking it isn't enough. 
We have to use our spiritual gifts. Is a hammer really a hammer if it never pounds a nail? Is a wrench really a wrench if it never turns a bolt? Do you have the gift of leadership if you ever never lead? Do you have the gift of mercy if you never show mercy? God doesn't just want us to know our spiritual gifts. He wants us to use our spiritual gifts. So here's my challenge. You're a tool. Start acting like it. Start acting like it. Just two simple steps. Share with someone else your gift. Whether it's a friend, a family member, a pastor, the person right next to you, it could get odd, it may be a little awkward, but that's okay. Like, I want you to share your gift with someone. And then secondly, start using it. I love in the, the verse, Paul says, if you have the gift of serving, serve. If you have the gift of prophesizing, prophesize. He's like, if you got it, use it. If you got it, use it. And it might be hard to figure out how to use it at first, but that's when you're talking to someone, just say, hey, I got this gift blank. How do you think God could use it? And when you start to ask that question, stuff will start to flood your mind in the way that God can use your gift. So you're a tool, and God wants to use you. Like a hammer or a wrench or a saw, you are good at something. And if you want to see God do amazing things in your 167, we need to start using our gifts in our 167. Let's pray. God, thank you that you have, you love us. Thank you that you saved us. Thank you that you redeem us. But this morning, we're mostly thankful that you have given us a spiritual gift to use in this world. You didn't just save us, you also want to use us. And that's so much more than this hour on a Sunday. You want to use us throughout the whole week. God, so I just pray that you would help each person to identify that gift that they might have. And if they don't know, that's okay at this point, but that gift that they might have, and then help them to share that with someone and then use it in the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message moved you in any way, be sure to subscribe to the podcast to never miss your dose of encouragement. You can also follow us on social media with the handle at I Am Embrace. Again, we are thrilled you took the time to join us today. And if you live anywhere near one of our locations in South Dakota and Minnesota, we would love to have you join us in person. You can find out more and start a conversation at imembrace.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.